Welcome to another podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. You can find out more about CGI Burlington on our website at cgiburlington.org. Good afternoon, everyone. It's been a quick week, at least. It It felt like to me it was a very quick week. But it's nice to be back. It's nice to have a Sabbath. It's nice to see each other again. Nice to see Carrie. Thank you for coming. And, and nice to see all of you. So this is part two. If you missed the part one, uh, I think the part one is posted. You can, you can, you can actually go back and, and revisit it. But I'll try to just quickly refresh your memory from the last week. Remember in my introduction last week, I was talking about the Australian study when they were trying to look into the sky and just count the stars. How many visible stars are out there? Remember the number that I gave you? 70 followed by 22 zeros. So 70 followed by 22 zeros. That's the huge number of all the stars that are out there. And as we read in Psalms 147, God knows them all one by one and named them one by one. Just how, how huge God's intellect might be just to do such an activity compared to our in- intellect. Then we also compared how quickly we double our human knowledge. Remember that? I'll give you all the kind of different stats. And on average now, this day, the human knowledge is doubling every 13 months. Think about it. Every 13 months, it used to be, it took, you know, hundreds of years for humans to double their knowledge. And I said also that because we, as a human being, who are created in the image of our creator, of our God, of all the species that exist on this universe, we are the only one special one who can actually go and double our knowledge. Because when you look at other created things, as I mentioned last week, hamsters, they can't double their knowledge, right? At least, can you measure how often hamsters double their knowledge? Or how often your pet or your cats or dogs can double their knowledge, right? They can't. It's only us because we've been created after the image of our creator, which God himself. And... Remember, we compared two wisdoms, the wisdom that comes from above, that comes directly from God, and wisdom that actually comes, it's earthly. The wisdom that comes from the God of this world that is demonic, that is satanic. And we talk about Christ and what Christ went through his life, how God taught him obedience through sacrifice. And I give you bunch of scriptures in Hebrew chapter 4 and chapter 5 and Hebrew chapter 2. We're not going to revisit all the scriptures, but we'll revisit this one. James chapter 3. James chapter, chapter 3, just to refresh your memory. James chapter 3. And here in James chapter 3, verse 13. James writes to us here, he says, Who is wise and who is understanding among you? If you think that you belong in this category, that you do have some wisdom, 
if you think you're in this category, he said, let him, let him show this wisdom. Show me this wisdom. Show this wisdom to all of us. Let him show this wisdom by what? By good conduct. By good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom or in humility of your life. If you want to show your wisdom to all of us, this is the way how you show your wisdom by your conduct. Verse 14. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. Because if that's your motive in your heart already, and you try to share your wisdom that God is saying, do not, do not, like, do not lie against the truth. This wisdom does not come from above. Verse 15. This wisdom does not descend from above. Why? Because it's earthly. It's sensual. And it's demonic. It's about your feelings. How I feel. I want to be important. Or I want to do this thing. I'm hurt. Because somebody said so and so. So this is not about the wisdom from above. It's sensual and it's demonic. Verse 16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, if you are driven by just self-motivation, you just want to exalt yourself, because this is what's at your heart. Because I just want to show everybody how smart I am. You know, how greatly, or how great is my wisdom. If that's, that's your motive with your heart, then, you know, John James is saying, this is not wisdom that's come from above. He said, it's self-seeking. For where envy and self-seeking exist, then it's confusion, and every evil things are there. But 17, but the wisdom that is from above, first, is pure, then it's peaceable, then it's gentle, and it's willing to yield, full of mercy and of good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So, if you want to ever show your wisdom, first thing, show your wisdom in a good conduct, in humility. That's what James is writing here. Now, let's move along. We finished, last week, we finished the presentation. We finished in second chapter, second Peter chapter 3. So, just flip a few pages over to second Peter chapter 3. And we talked last week about the, the tree of good, of good, good and evil. And what, is, what was this all about? It's just basically simple obedience. God just wanted to try Adam and see if he's going to be obedient his one simple command and Adam failed and Jesus Christ the second Adam came and he was obedient to the God's truth till death no matter what kind of suffering it took it he was obedient till he died second Peter chapter 3 and here in verse 17 I don't have time to go through this background of this what he's writing here but he says in verse 17 you therefore beloved since you know this beforehand, what the know it? You, you have to read the verses before that. But since you know all of this beforehand, beware at least you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. And verse 18, be aware, be aware of this earthly knowledge. But verse 18, by grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord Jesus and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to Him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. And verse 18, he says, but to grow in grace. Be gracious first, be loving first, and then grow in knowledge. 
There is priority of things. Not grow in knowledge first and then in grace. Grow in grace and then in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we need this knowledge. We need this knowledge that comes from above. We need this godly knowledge to make the proper decisions. To have this discerning mind what is good and what is evil and which way of action to pick and choose at the right moment, at the right time that will govern our life. Why is this so important? Let's go to Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4. And we are in Hosea a few weeks ago. Pastor Agent was there. But Hosea chapter 4 and look at six, verse 6. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, My people, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge. When you look at this word destroy, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, this knowledge can be translated to many different things, but destroyed is actually the accurate descriptions. If you have electronic devices, you can check it there. Basically, it means anything, brought to nothing, ineffective, defeated, perished, cut down, because of the lack of knowledge. But if you have electronic devices, if you check on this word, this word knowledge that is there, it's a root of the other Hebrew words. So if you have electronic devices, you can go back and check. It's got a connection to the other Hebrew root. And I'm not going to bore you with the Hebrew pronunciation of these words, but you can check it of yourself. But the other, the root words, is number 3045. And hold your place in Hosea, hold your place in Hosea, and go to Genesis chapter 4. And Genesis chapter 4. Hold Hold your place in Hosea, because we'll come back there. In Genesis chapter 4. And the other Hebrew word here is right here in the verse 4. Genesis chapter 4 verse 1. And Adam and Eve. Now Adam knew Eve. So that's another. That's the same. Adam knew Eve. His wife. And she conceived and bore Cain. Go back to Hosea. Hosea. So you see to know somebody. Adam knew Eve. It means they have a sexual intimacy. They knew each other so well, so close, they become so close. They together, they experience sexual intimacy as a husband and wife. And Eve, as the result of it, conceived and bore a son. Now, as I said, this is a rude word that we read here in Hosea chapter 4, knowledge, right? Why is this so important? Because God is telling us that we should know God to this moment, to this level, that we should have kind of spiritual intimacy with God. How do we get this knowledge? How do we find out what God is all about? By reading His written word. By reading His written word. So, these people, the Israelites, he says, they are destroyed. Because they lack this very important knowledge. They don't lack this intimacy as they're supposed to have between their creator and the chosen people, the chosen nations. And it says here, as you keep reading, verse 6, and as you keep reading, I will also reject you from being priest for me, because you have forgotten the law of your God. I, will also, I, will, uh, I, I also will forget your children. 
What is that supposed to mean? You forgot. If you forget something, it means that something you used to know. Something that you used to remember. Something that you used to cherish. Something that used to govern your life. Something was very important to you before. Now suddenly lost its effect. It's not as important as it used to be. I don't even get into this knowledge so much that I totally forgot about it. Some other things, some other priority came into it. Some other educations entered my mind that I totally forgot what I learned, what I knew in the first place. Something replaced something. The wisdom from above was replaced with the wisdom, earthly wisdom. And because what happened to you here, because your people, because you are destroyed for the last of knowledge, because you rejected, he says, I will also reject you from being a priest. And not just that, I will forget your children. That's how serious it is. Now, let's go to Proverbs chapter 2. We're going to continue the study today about this wisdom from above. Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. And let's start from verse 1. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1. My son... If you receive my words, if you receive them, and treasure my commands with you, verse 2, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as a silver and search for her as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Look how important it is. If you look for it, if you search for it, if you desire for it, if you crave for it, if you thirst and hunger for it, God will give it to you. It's not going to happen automatically because you become a Christian and suddenly all this great amount of knowledge is going to be downloaded to your mind. And you say like, oops, done thing. Downloaded, completed. Just click X or click finish. doesn't work like that. And now what I want to do, as we read in these passages, three very important words. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. I want to break them apart so we can see the difference. Between these two words. And why is this so important? For, for us to understand all of this. So I want to break them apart. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Let's start with the definition of knowledge. We start with knowledge first. The simplest definitions of knowledge. You know, we can go and Google it. We can come up probably by yourself. It's not that hard. What would be the simplest definition of knowledge? Facts. Information and skills 
All of these things can be acquired by a person through either education or experience. Make sense? Facts, information, and skills acquired by a person through experience or education. That's it. That's what knowledge is all about. In the basics of definition. Does it make sense? How it, how it does apply to us as a Christian that's reading the Bible. How many of you remember the first time or the first time when you get serious about the Bible? How many of you remember the feeling? How many of you remember? How many of you can go back? And as you start reading the Bible, right? What did you know first about the Bible? You probably heard some stories, right? You heard some stories probably about the flood. You probably heard some stories about Jesus. But as you start reading the Bible, you notice that you, you, you get, you probably, Genesis is very interesting. You got the Exodus. You probably, most people get lost right there in the building of the tabernacle, right? If people go through the book of Exodus, I can guarantee you Leviticus comment that said we're done, right? That's what happened to me. That's what happened to many of us. Bible is just like a big mess. You try to read it. You don't know where. You try to find it. Forget about the understanding of it. You try just to read it and you can't because it's such a hard book to read. But over the time, if you're resilient, if you're motivated, if you keep reading, what do you notice? If I, see, if I tell you, you go to church at the beginning, if I tell you, hey, you need to go to the book of Exodus. Oh, you know it, that Exodus is at the beginning of the Bible. If I say you need to go to the book of Revelation, you know, oh, this is at the end of the Bible. You don't have enough knowledge, but at least you know where some stuff is in the Bible. Over the time, as you keep reading and reading, you just, you just remember. You know, like, oh, okay, what the first, first five book of Moses? You know that. What the first four Gospels? So you start to remember what is God all about. You start to remember the commandments. You start to remember some stuff, some people, some places. And, you know, when you go over and over and over, the more of the knowledge is retained in your mind. That's basically how it is. That's how you need to start it. There is no shortcuts to all of this process, right? We need to read the Word of God. Now, let's move on. The stepfather. So that's how we work on knowledge. What about the understanding? That's two different things. Many people have knowledge. Not many people have understanding. What's the definition of understanding? How would you define understanding? Understanding basically is the ability to comprehend what you know. Just to comprehend what you know. Or understanding is correct organization and ordering of associate facts and truths. You start to organize them. This is the Old Testament. This is the New Testament. This is Jesus Christ. This is the Apostle Paul. This is, the, this is James. This is Peter. Oh, this is a minor prophet. These are the major prophets. Who are the major prophets? What they were writing? What time they were writing? You start to understand all these things. And suddenly, all these things now make sense. Before, you couldn't distinguish who wrote it, what time he wrote. Where did he exist? He followed by whom? Now suddenly, the Bible starts to make sense. You can say like, oh, okay, I got it. There was an Isaiah. After Isaiah was Jeremiah. Jeremiah. After Jeremiah, you think about, okay, there was Ezekiel. Ezekiel and Daniel, they were writing at the same time. Oh, okay, that makes sense. You read the writing. You start to compare it. That's where understanding came from, right? It's like a jigsaw puzzles. First, you throw all these pieces on the table, and you think, like, wow. At least in the puzzles, you see the pictures, right? So it's like, wow, this is a beautiful, beautiful picture. Let me put it together. Bible is not always like that. 
you know, we might have the end story when you go to Revelations. Like, you know, some people, like, I like to cheat something, go to the last chapter of the book or the last pages of the book just to try to figure out what the book is all about. So you can do it with the Bible. You can go to the last, last chapter of Revelation. You can see the beautiful picture there. And you can go to the beginning of the Bible. You can see, like, wow, at least you know who is responsible for all this creation that exists here today. You know, it's God, right? All right, let's move to the third one. The wisdom. What's the definition of wisdom? Definition of wisdom, the basic definition of wisdom would be practical application of correct knowledge and understanding. The practical application, and I, you can highlight the word, of correct knowledge and understanding. Correct knowledge and understanding. Basically, you have the wisdom when you have this knowledge and you try to pull some understanding of your knowledge. What wisdom will do in your life it will just tell you what to do next. I have a problem here. I have an issues here. I run into something. Then wisdom will tell you, based on your knowledge, understanding of the scripture, will tell you, I'm supposed to do this. Or I'm not supposed to do this. Or you're just governed by your own earthly knowledge, and you try to take a shortcut, and then you find out you're in trouble. And then you need to seek repentance or, or you know, correction, and you need to go, go back and walk with God again, right? So that's basically the three basic definitions of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Make so far? Make, make everything sense? On the same page? No confusion? All right. Let's move on. Now, as we try to understand these three different words, some, sometimes, you know, like in the Bible, when you read it, they kind of interchangeably, but they make, you know, they, they have different meanings. Is it possible to have wisdom without knowledge? Can't. Can't have wisdom if we don't have knowledge. Can't have wisdom if we don't have understanding. So we'll come to this a little bit later. Proverbs chapter 4. Let me show you in your Bible. Proverbs chapter 4. Knowledge is as the base of the other two. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. Right here it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Or wisdom here is the main thing. It's the most important thing. Wisdom. But just keep reading. Therefore, get this wisdom. And in all you're getting, in all you're getting, as you look after all this wisdom, in all you're getting, get understanding. You can't bypass it. Before you get this wisdom, you have to understand what you know. You see how, it all, how it's all connected, how it's all related to one another? Let me give you an example from the New Testament, from the teaching of Jesus Christ. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. We all know the story. We all know the story very well. It's just to show you a practical example of everything that we, that we learned here so far. It's just the parable of the sower. We all know the story. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here trying to explain this parable, just the basic, you know, just basically fly over it, all these things so we just have an idea what I'm talking about. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. 
It says, and again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him. Just skip to verse 2. Then he taught them many things by parables. By parables, and said to them in his teaching. And he says, listen, behold, a sower went, to, went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some, some, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Verse 5, it some fell on a stony ground, for it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no death. And he goes through all the stories. As you notice, as you read it, as Christ was, as Christ was giving this parable, he was giving this parable to everybody. He was giving this parable to the multitudes. A lot of people were present, and a lot of people heard what Jesus was actually saying about this parable. Now, so he was giving this knowledge to everybody. Now, the disciples did not understand. Privately, the disciples came to him and said, what did you mean by that? Know the facts is one thing. Draw the understanding out of the facts is another thing. So here in verse 13, just skip to verse 13. Now he's just him and the private, privately with his disciples. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the other parables that I'm about to tell these people? How can you understand all the other of them? And he went all the high distance and he just explained to these people what all of these things mean. You know, like what the soil is and what the word of God is and the, what the birds represent and all this, on and on and on. It just gave them a deeper understanding about this parable that he said to the multitude. Now, as you can see, the understanding of the biblical text is very important. Without the proper understanding, you might not have a proper wisdom. And you might walk in your life, and you will see many Christians different groups, the many Christian, different denominations, and sometimes you worry, what's wrong with me? You know, we see a bunch of these excited people, they scream on TV, you know, they get excited, you know, they praise the Lord, they fall on the ground, or whatever, you name it. And you will, and sometimes I was wondering, like, you know, what's wrong with me? What is my passion? Maybe I'm not as passionate as, you know, why I'm not so passionate about all this. The other people are so passionate. They're so energized. They're so excited. I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? And, you know, there's a critical aspect. Everything, whatever we do, should be based on the right knowledge, right? If we have the right knowledge, we should know how to worship God. Look at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Here you can see how... how Apostle Paul was writing about his, about his Jewish friends. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and pray, and pray to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Verse 2. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. They have a great zeal for God. They can even kill other people. That's how great zeal they have. But look. But they have a zeal. But what? Not according to the knowledge. They have a great passion. They have great energy. But this energy, this passion, is not based on the right knowledge. 
We can have all of this. And operate on a false understanding, on a false knowledge. It's possible. And let me tell you something. You might agree, you might disagree. As much as we like to go back and look at all these Pharisees and all these Jews and, you know, kind of laugh like them, you know, like, wow, how dull, how stupid they were. They just couldn't comprehend. You know what? Christianity today in general is worse than the Pharisees at the time of Jesus Christ. It's way worse, Christianity in general. Look what we've done with grace of God. Look what we've done with this concept, the grace of God. Saved by grace. Introducing lawlessness into society. Lawlessness, because we don't need to do anything. We're free. Christ did everything for us. Don't worry, brother. You don't have faith. You don't have to work on it. Christ will give you faith. Christ will give you faith. Have nothing to do with it. Just stay still. You can't work on it. Because if you work on it, then salvation is by works. Salvation is not by grace. Look, we perverted the teaching of Jesus Christ. To the moment that now we have, I don't know how many thousands of different denominations and we can't agree on anything. Can't agree on any single things. And we say, we all, we all base our beliefs on what? We all base our knowledge on what? On the word of God. How can it be so different? How can it, all of this be so different? How is all this possible? Now, when I was, when I came to church after After a while, I read this verse, James chapter chapter 1. James chapter 1. As was read today to us by Brother Bob. Thank you for reading the scripture for us. We appreciate. James chapter 1. And... Let's start from verse 2. Let's go over again over same scriptures here. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Why? Why should it be joyful for us? Why? Why Christ was able to go through trials and difficulties? Because he was able to prove to himself that I can be obedient. To the way of God. I could be obedient to God. To no matter what suffering. I can stay obedient to the end. To death. Even if they kill me. I am obedient to the truth. And James says. Count all joy. Count all blessing when you fall into various trials. Knowing that testing of your faith. Produces patience. You rely on God. Not on you anymore. Produces patience. But let the patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete. Lacking nothing. Question. How many of you here in this room today can say. I am perfect. Lacking nothing. I'm at the stage that I'm ready for Jesus Christ coming. How many of you can raise hand? No one. No one. 
then what's wrong with us? Then keep reading. If you're not ready, if you're not ready, if any of you lack wisdom, so I guess if we're not perfect, then we're all lacking wisdom, right? How we get this wisdom? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. That's number one. So we are not perfect. We are all lacking here. So we basically means we need wisdom. How do we get this wisdom? We need to pray to God. That's one. In what stage? Verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by a wind. Hold on. I came to church, and I prayed to God almost every day. God, give me this wisdom. God, give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom. And guess what? God didn't give me wisdom. How do you get wisdom? You just go and you pray and God gives you wisdom? How did God give you wisdom? What do you need to do first before God gives you the wisdom? Come on. What do you need to get first? You need to get knowledge. Where do you get this knowledge? From the Bible. Let me ask you. How many of you double your knowledge? Or you can say, I came to church 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, or double my knowledge three times, or four times, or five times. How many of you can say that? Very good. Every single one of us, right? Should be like that. If we're in a church for a while, it says, I didn't double my knowledge... Then you know what? Don't bother to ask God for wisdom because He can't give you the wisdom if you don't have the knowledge. That's it. Simple like that. Now, He says, if you ask, if you ask, He says, you need to ask in faith. Again, where did you get faith from? It's given. Because, you know, once you were baptized and the hands were laying on you, you automatically get this faith that that's it. Now I know everything. I have this faith. I have this belief. And I can do whatever. I can go and move the mountains now. Is that true? How you get this faith? How you build your faith? On what? How do you get to know God on the intimate level? By knowledge again. How do you have this faith? Through the knowledge and understanding of God's words. If you start to put pieces together, 2 plus 2 is 4. And you look, his unbelievable wisdom through the word of God. Then you say like, wow, I can have faith in somebody like that. Whatever he promised from the beginning, whatever he promised in Genesis, he accomplished here this promise in Exodus. He accomplished this promise in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And he's going to accomplish this thing in Revelation chapter 20, chapter 21. That's it. That's where the faith is going to come from. It's not like everything is given for you on a plate. And you just take it and say, hey, I'm done. I'm good. I'm just going to sit and enjoy the ride. And God's going to steer me through all of this thing. It doesn't work like that. At least not in my Bible. Why is it so important to have this wisdom again? Why is it so important to have this wisdom? What happened in the Garden of Eden? 
What happened to Adam? Why we need this wisdom? So we can discern. So we can make the right judgment. What's evil and what's good. You're facing a situation in your life. You have this wisdom that right away you will connect to the wisdom from above. It says, I can't do this thing. This is cheating. This is whatever. Taking a shortcut. This is disobedience. I can't do this. My God would never do this thing. You move on. Or just entertain it. The idea that, hey, everybody does it. I'll do it. If I just, you know, cheat on my income tax, do a little bit here, do a little bit there, there's nothing wrong with that. What are you doing now? What are you doing? By which wisdom you govern? By the wisdom from above or by the demonic one that comes from this earth? That's, we need this wisdom. Everything goes back to the Garden of Eden. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, so-called the perfect church, or the good church. The Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. Verse 9, Philippians 1, verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and Discernment. This is Paul's prayer for this Philippians church. Why? Verse 10. Why? Why do you need this knowledge? Why do you need this discernment? For what reasons? Verse 10. That you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Verse 11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Why do you need this wisdom, this discernment? For this reason. That we know what is excellent, and then we know what is evil. And we know it right away. We don't have to meditate about it. We don't have to study about it. It is engraved in us through the knowledge and understanding that derive from the Bible. This wisdom governs our lives on a daily basis. Not as individualized, collective ones too. Give me another one. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 9. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. For these reasons we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why? That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Why we need this wisdom? That's why we need this wisdom, brethren. So we don't waste our time on stupid things, unproductive things that divides us, that takes us apart, that destroys our families. Our marriages, relationships at home, at churches, everywhere. So one more time. Let's just review what we learned so far. So we, at least we know we're on the same page. Knowledge, basically what is knowledge? Facts, informations, 
understanding, ability to comprehend what you read, ability to lift up the meaning out of the facts, out of the information. What's the wisdom? Wisdom just basically what to do next. That's it. What to do next. And I just want to show you a, a slide here. Hold on, Danny, just warm it up. Oh, it's ready or? All right, so be patient. I'll let you know. And as you study the Bible, as you study the New Testament, especially, you know, some of the letters, you notice that how many, or let me put it in, in a different way. How many people do you know in your church? Not just in this church, but let's say any churches that you go. How many people that you know, how many people do you know that, let's say, are knowledgeable, understanding, and full of wisdom at the same time? How many do you know people like that? Not many. I know people who are very knowing. They can quote scriptures inside out. People can talk to you and say, hey, they can just quote scriptures to you. You know, like Corinthians 1 Corinthians 15 about resurrections. They can quote, name you the scriptures, quote you the scriptures. But even though these people can quote you the scriptures, they still don't know how to live their life. Even though they can quote it, they still don't know how to live their life. What I'm trying to tell you, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And let's speak about the gifts. And let's speak about the gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because on the rare occasion, you'll see it, that one person will have all of these things. One person will have all of these things. Rarely. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm not at verse 8. Just breaking into the context. I'm not going to explain. I'm not going to spend too much time into this gifts here. But verse 8. For to one, it doesn't say for to many. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. And to another is given the word of knowledge. It doesn't say to all of you is given the word of wisdom. And to all of you is given the word of, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. Verse 9. To another gift, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and to another discerning of, of spirits, and on and on and on. And it's very interesting why would God would operate this way. And I'll show you later a little bit, you know, why. Why basically, because we can't live alone. We can't live alone. We need each other. We need, we, need, we need to learn how to depend on one another. We need to have a personal relationship with one another. Very close personal relationship with one another. So if I'm, if I'm facing a situation in my life that I might not have enough knowledge about it or understanding about it, I can go to any of you who want my thing that you might have wisdom and ask for help. Because together, We'll have everything. By ourselves, we'll lack in many departments. We'll lack in many departments. 
So as we read in Proverbs chapter 4, we know that wisdom, wisdom is the finality, is the final thing that we're all striving for. But we can accomplish wisdom without the proper correct understanding of the scripture. So I want to show you a little chart. And I, this is not my idea. Somebody sent it to me years ago. I did not understand back then what this, this is all about. Now, growing through knowledge and grace, it makes more sense to me. So as you can see all these you know, things, just look at it. Knowledge is all about facts. As we move over, as we move, move over, and just let me just explain to people who may listen a little bit later who don't have this ability to see the way how you guys see it. Just try to make a, if you make a notes, just try to make a, right on, on the one side of your paper, just try to write knowledge in the middle of it. Try to add understanding and to the right side of it, try to write, just write wisdom. Now under the knowledge, just write facts. Then under the, under the understanding, just write meaning. And just under the wisdom, just write what to do next. So some of us might be very good at this part. If you ask some people, you know where I can find this story, some people point it right away. Exodus chapter 12 or Genesis chapter 24. People right away point you. They have just mind for the facts. They quickly, they search something and they have the memory. Because they have a memory doesn't mean, doesn't mean that they have full understanding. They can draw the full meaning what they get from the facts. Right? Just perfect sense. But some people might not have a, some, such a great memory about the facts, but have, might have a gift to derive the meaning from the facts and get the understanding and say, hey, brother, there is a concept in the Bible. And when they're reading the story, you know what? There's few points come out of the story. Point number one is this. Point number two is this. Point number three is this. That's how we learn what to do next. Just move on. Under the knowledge. Under the facts now, right? Information. Because everything in this day, knowledge is power. Everything is about the information. As you have the facts, as you derive the proper information from the facts, you move it to the next column under the understanding. Out of this information, you derive the principles. Once you derive the principles, the wisdom will let you do, how am I applying all of these things in my life? How am I applying all of these things in the church? Make sense so far? Okay, let's move on. Under the information, under the knowledge. Memorizing scripture is a very good idea. Because you never know what's going to happen. One day, we may not have the written text. Your electronic media, forget it. Anybody can erase it in a moment and in five minutes, it will be all gone from your device. You have no access to all of these things. It's very good to have a memory. Very good to memorize the facts and the information that you, that you read and that you study through all these years. Why? As you have all these facts and information, as you memorize in your head, as your Bible is in your brain, we can go together, we can sit together, and we can reason together. Now. We can have a conversations about the biblical facts. We can have an argue, argument here. You know, like let's say somebody would say, I don't believe this. Why? Because the scripture says this, this, and this. And I says, you know what? I think you might be wrong because the scripture says this, this, and this. We can have intelligent reasons about what we know about the scripture. Let's say we have a problem in the church. We sit together collectively. We reason together. We come with the plan of actions, right? 
Now, all of this, all of this is very important. Now, when you think about people who are blessed with all of these things, with facts, acquiring facts, with information and memory, what kind of people you think will be here at the bottom of it? What kind of gifts these people will have? What you will call them? Some of you who are going to universities, right? You probably have some of the professors who have the great gift information. You know, they're great scholars, but they're boring to death. Once they try to pass this information, right? They have great knowledge, but they're boring to death. They can put you to sleep as soon as they start talking, right? Very good. Hold on, Daniel. What do you think these people here, what would you call them? If you have this great ability, derive the meaning, principle, the reasons, the meaning to pass in another, what do, you, what do we call these people? Right? Teachers can take something from here, give it a simple form, point one, point two, point two, point one, A, B, C, D, and teach to the others, right? All right. What are the last one? Aha. Right here. What people are good at this? Don't put it yet. I'll give you a few minutes. Put your choices. If you're making notes, write it down. Come on. What do you call these people? You are cheating, my lady. Okay. Eva is cheating. She saw she's on the computer. You all saw it. Oh. What do you call these people? Prophets, right? Hold on. I think it might be a little bit confusing. Hold on. First Corinthians chapter 14. First Corinthians chapter 14. Verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. There's just the continuations from the other chapter. There's no chapter breaks. Pursue love. And the chapter, last chapter finished. And now abide faith, hope, love. This three. But the greatest of this three, three is love. Now we continue. Pursue love at all costs. Or... Pursue grace at all costs and then knowledge. Pursue love at all costs and desire spiritual gifts. But especially of all the spiritual gifts, I want you to desire prophecy. Why prophecy? Of all the other ones, why prophecy? Keep reading. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Verse 3. But he who prophesies. This who prophesies. What happened in the church? 
speaks edification and exhortations and comfort to men. See the difference? How these people are able to do all this stuff, to speak, to edify, to exhort, and to comfort. Why? Because they are able to do unbelievable tasks. Here, look at this. They not just know facts, they not just know meanings, they know what to do next. They can give you best advice ever. If you ever have a problem in a church or at home, the more people you have like that, then it's easier to solve any problems. Why? Because these people operate by the biblical knowledge. They know what is true. They know what's on this book. They know the principles. They know the meaning. They derive all of this thing from all of this thing. Keep reading. He who speaks in a tongue, verse 4, edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Verse 5. What do Paul say? I wish... I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy. Even more. I wish that you all speak in tongues, but even more. I wish that you all prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets. Why? That the church may receive edifications at the end of the day. That's it. This is it. Now, remember, as we speak about the knowledge, I always said that we derive the correct understanding of the knowledge. Why? Go back to 1 Corinthians. Just go back a few pages to chapter 8. Chapter 8. First Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Now concerning things offered to idol, we know that we all have knowledge. Yeah, we have knowledge. All we have some kind of a knowledge about it. But knowledge by itself just puffs up. But love edifies. When you read that the context when he wrote about this, about the meat sacrifice to the idols, you can be so puffed up that you can touch it, you can come you can come to church and say, you know what? There is no other gods. So all these meats, it's okay to eat. I have this knowledge. Oh, you don't have this knowledge? Oh, I can't believe it that you're so stupid. How come you don't have all this knowledge? By now you should have this knowledge. You don't have this knowledge? What am I doing? I'm just offending you. I'm not edifying you. I'm just offending you. This is it. This is the difference. Having the facts, having the informations, but not derive the principles and meanings out of it. The correct understanding of the facts, driven by the right motive, which comes from the heart and love for God and for my brothers and for my sisters. That's what it, at the end, that's what it all comes to. It. Now, Numbers chapter 11. Because that was the Paul desire. He was desired, I wish that you all were Prophets. It's my wish. Numbers chapter 11. The same thing happened in the Old Testament. Same thing happened in the Old Testament. 
70 elders go have a chance, chance in a lifetime, chance of eternity to at least have some glimpses what God is all about. And as they go up, they start to prophesy. And look what happened here in verse 29. Actually, it starts from verse, from verse 28. Having the right knowledge that comes from above and having the earthly knowledge that is inspired by Satan, the devil. So Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, one of his choice men, answered and said, Moses, my Lord, forbid them. Forbid them. They're not supposed to do this thing. And Moses answered, And said to him, are you zealous for my sake? And he says, oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets. And that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. If all the people are operating the same level, he wouldn't have three quarters of his problems that he experienced with his people. And the same problems are in the New Testament. The question now. As I finish my presentation here today. One more time. A challenge. Which knowledge. Is driving your motivation. Which wisdom. Is driving you every day. Is the wisdom. That is above. That is pure. That is loving. That is forgiving. That is peaceable. Or. The wisdom that comes from earth. That is demonic. That just think about yourself. What I think. What I think is right. What I think is wrong. What is good for me. Why is good for me. I don't really care about you. I just care about myself. Which wisdom. Is driving your action. Every single day. If you have God's Holy Spirit, then we should be all motivated by the wisdom from above. This has been a podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. We hope you are blessed by it. To find out more about CGI Burlington, visit our website at cgiburlington.org.